Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful New York City, sitting on top of the 10th floor of 345 Hudson Street. Welcome on in to a Monday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all of our great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming on YouTube. 855-212-4CBS, the number to jump on in, 855-212-4227. You could always get at me on Instagram, where I'm straight flexing, or via the good old cesspool of Twitter, at Zach Gelb, that's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Got Moist Mike. And Stuart Kovacs, rock and rolling all the way up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Whole lot to do today coming off an exciting weekend of college football and what was just a chaotic week 10 in our our 10th NFL Sunday get-together of the season. And I got to start with the game that was hyped up to be a big game, and it was a big measuring stick for both teams. It was an opportunity for the San Francisco 49ers to show that their last three games were an anomaly. And for the Jacksonville Jaguars, it was an opportunity to actually have a legitimate win this season. And it was an opportunity for them to put the flag in the ground and say the Jacksonville Jaguars are ready to take that next step. And going into the game, I trusted the 49ers. I liked the 49ers. But I didn't think we were going to see this be a bloodbath. And this be a massacre. And when you walk away from that game, the immediate takeaway is 49ers are back in the good graces and the Jacksonville Jaguars are fraudulent football team. And when I say fraudulent football team for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and let's start with them, that's not me saying they suck. That's not me saying that they're terrible. That's not me saying that they won't make the playoffs this year. But Jacksonville is kind of the team that where if you want to equate it to a freshman quarterback that's a four- or five-star recruit in college and there's so much expectation, there's so much buzz, there's so much hype, and then you get him on the field and you go, yeah, that quarterback is too young. That quarterback is not ready to play. And that's what you're seeing right now with the entirety of the team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because the facts are, in their two biggest games of the year, and I was talking about this all throughout the week, that in their previous biggest game of the season, they laid an egg. And I said this going back to week two, where I was out on Jacksonville after their performance up against Kansas City, because we all knew going into this season, Jacksonville was going to win double digits. Jacksonville was going to be in the playoffs. But they were in the playoffs last year. 
they had the dramatic turnaround a season ago where they went from back-to-back number one overall picks taking Trevor Lawrence and Trayvon Walker survived the catastrophe of Urban Meyer, and they bring in Doug Peterson. They win the AFC South. They go to the playoffs. They win a playoff game, and they lose in the divisional round. But off of that, you put yourself in a situation where people want to see you and people expect you to take the next step forward. And in week two, they had a vulnerable Kansas City team, a Kansas City team. Yes, they were just getting back Chris Jones. They were just getting back Travis Kelsey as well. But that offense, even now after 10 weeks, is still not in sync with Kansas City, even with the great Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. And you were at home for both of these biggest games And in week two up against Kansas City, they laid an egg. In week two against Kansas City, they only were able to put up three Brandon McManus field goals. Heck, no one loves Brandon McManus more than me. I went to college with the guy at Temple University. But when he's your leading scorer in a game, that's a problem. And think about that. They did not score a touchdown up against Kansas City. And yesterday against the San Francisco 49ers, and they were playing a pissed-off, motivated San Francisco 49ers team, they repeated what happened in Week 2, and the Jacksonville Jaguars actually made it worse. They only got one field goal. They saw Trevor Lawrence throw two interceptions. And once again, in a big game, one of their biggest games of the season, with an opportunity to show that they they belong amongst the NFL elite and the top contenders... They didn't even get a touchdown. It's one thing if they would have lost the game. right? If they would have lost to the 49ers 28-27, to bleep happens. right? We all know the 49ers are a heck of a football team. But to get dragged up and down the field and look like you had no business being on the field, that's something where I will channel what I said back in week two, and I'll repeat it again. This is just a good team. This team is not ready to to take the next step. And up against the marquee opponents, this team does not perform to the level that they are capable of. And this is a fraudulent football team from where we thought they could be prior to the season commencing. And if you want to disagree with it, if you're one of those Jaguar fans that a few years ago were so embarrassed with your football team, you were so passionate, you were dressing up like clowns, and you're saying, oh, Zach, I want to clown you today. Oh, Zach, you're not being fair with my football team. Well, the proof's in the pudding. Go look at your schedule this year. You struggled with Indianapolis in week one. You beat them. Then you got embarrassed by Kansas City. You lost to the Texans by 20 points. You sparked the Texans' run of dominance as of late. Then you beat the Falcons. whoop the damn do You beat the Bills. The Bills, that's not aging like a great victory. And the game was also... Right in London, when you were there for two weeks. You beat the Colts. All right, you beat them twice. Let me throw you a parade for that. You beat the Saints. They're no good. You beat the Steelers. Good defense, but the Steelers got nothing on offense. And then up against a marquee opponent in the 49ers, you got embarrassed. You got exposed. You got dominated, and you lost the football game 34-3. to So go bounce back this upcoming weekend against Tennessee. Dress up the record and make you 7-3. and You'll be a double-digit win football team. No one's taking that away. 
but I can't believe in Jacksonville, and I can't think Jacksonville is going to do anything great come playoff time, and I can't trust them because we've now seen it twice against two of the top, what, six or seven teams in the league. There is a big gap from good to great, and that's even with Kansas City struggling this year. The 49ers struggling this year, you couldn't even show up. It's one thing to win the game. But bare minimum, you should be able to show up against these teams. And it's alarming with how great I believe Trevor Lawrence could be that in the two biggest games of the season, he did squat. That entire offense started to look like they were playing offense right now for the New England Patriots. Where you go from being a good team and a good offense to an anemic, putrid, lethargic offense. And it just doesn't add up. Because you have all the pieces there. You got enough in the wide receiving department. You got enough in the running back department. You got enough in the quarterback department. You know the coach is a championship coach. And this is the results that we have. The results are that you're a 6-3 and three football team. But two of those losses carry an enormous amount of weight. And they indicate to me that I can't trust that the Jaguars will be hanging around long come playoff time. So that's the Jacksonville side of it. But when we get to the 49ers, I think a lot of people owe the 49ers an apology. And I know I get often confused as being a hater of the 40 whiners because of the whole Debo Samuel interview when he hung up on me. But I defended the 49ers last week. I said the criticism about the 49ers got taken too far. And all I said going into this year, and I'll still stand by this, is that the Eagles are better than the 49ers, and I do believe the 49ers are the second-best team in the NFC. That's what I said before the season. Now, through 10 weeks, you could have a healthy debate. It's clear that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. The record says so. And then you can debate, should the Lions be the second-best team, or should the 49ers be the second-best team? But if you go through the numbers, and you see where this team was the last two years, They have gotten off to slow starts. And in the last two years, they have found a way to get it right. They've been to the last two NFC Championship games where they lost to the Rams and they lost to the Eagles. So just because they got off to a little bit of a shaky start where they were thriving in the beginning of the season, but then when they got to 5-0, they lost three games in a row. And two of those games, they just got bad bounces. But it was not a mystery to why the 49ers were struggling. It's because in those weeks where they lost, they asked Brock Purdy to be great. Brock Purdy right now, even though he was incredible yesterday, is not in a position to carry a team. He is a part of a system. A system that has one of the more loaded rosters in the NFL. So when Trent Williams is hurt, When Debo Samuel is dealing with an injury, even though McCaffrey only does besides yesterday's getting the end zone, even he was banged up. When you see the roster start to get a little bit decimated with injuries, naturally, that's going to level out the playing field. But there is still no doubt in my mind that the 49ers are a contender. The 49ers have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. The 49ers have a chance to win the Super Bowl. But they're just personally not my pick. They're not. In the NFC, as long as Jalen Hurts is healthy, 
the Eagles, I believe, are the best team in the NFC. So yesterday, you see two different kind of statements that were made. One in a positive way for the 49ers and one in an extremely negative way for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The 49ers, not I don't know if I want to say they put the flag in the ground, but the 49ers basically did the Undertaker gif yesterday or the Undertaker meme where it's like, all right, we're back from the dead. We have popped back up from the tombstone, from the casket. We're alive. We're well. And they do have a presence to them where they could haunt you. And they could haunt many teams in the NFL. And it wasn't just that the 49ers won yesterday. It was how they won. With Brock Purdy looking great. With McCaffrey dominant in the run game. George Kittle going for over 100 yards. Debo returning. You know, Trent Williams. Like, it wasn't just how they, it wasn't just that they won, it was how they won. And then the most impressive thing was the defense. The defense holds Jacksonville to a lousy three points. Think about that. So that's a statement yesterday by the 49ers. We are more so the team that was 5-0 and compared to the team that lost three in a row. And then the other statement that was made by the Jaguars is we're solid. We're good. We can look the part at times, but when we go up against the big boys, when we go up against Kansas City, when we go up against the 49ers, we're just not there yet. And I just wonder with Jacksonville, how much is it is maybe a, a mental problem? Because we all know they have the talent. We all know they're a good team. And when you see a performance like yesterday, and this is coming from someone that laid the three points with the 49ers, it doesn't make sense how you could play that poorly in your two biggest games of the year. And I understand, hey, this team has limitations, but they don't have limitations that would suggest to me that they shouldn't show up in the two biggest games of the year. They're not better than Kansas City. They're not better than the 49ers, but it shouldn't look like a game where the men are the 49ers and Chiefs and the Jaguars are like a bunch of little boys. That shouldn't be the case. You should be able to sit at the grown-up table and show that you belong, even though if you're not at the head of the table. But after watching what happened in Week 2 and what, watching what happened in Week 10, it is clear that the Jaguars right now, they may be the head at the kiddie table, but they're not close to sitting at the adult table. And they'll be in the playoffs. They'll be in the dance. Maybe they win a game at home in the playoffs, assuming they still win the division. But I don't see them going to conference championship weekend. I don't see them taking that next step. And they had the potential to do that before the start of the season, especially with the momentum that they built last year, doing the unthinkable, making the playoffs, doing the unthinkable, coming back against the Chargers, and also finding a spot in the divisional round and keeping it competitive, keeping it close against the eventual world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. It is Zach Yelp Show on CBS Sports Radio. Where's your confidence with the 49ers and how concerned are you with the Jacksonville Jaguars? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We'll take a break. When we come on back, Jimbo Fisher fired by Texas A&M. Was it worth it to get rid of him? And also, there's an NFL coach that is getting rumored 
as the dream destination and the dream choice for AM to hire. I'll tell you why that won't happen when we return. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You can stream the NFL and Wessel One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Wessel One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa... To open West of One Sports or on the Odyssey app, get in the zone, AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you find a fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. AM finally did it. And AM did it following a 51 to 10 victory up against Mississippi State, who also saw their coach get fired. Now, Zach Arnett was the first year head coach of Mississippi State, taken over. For Mike Leach, uh, after Mike Leach, unfortunately, uh, did pass away. So you could maybe just argue, maybe they never really believed in Zach Arnett long-term. And he's like 36, 37 years old. But when you have a coach die, uh, which was just absolutely horrible with how much Mike Leach is beloved, you know, you you quickly got to go find someone else. And, you know, Arnett maybe just knowing some of those players at the time was perceived to be the best guy for the job, and I think a lot of people viewed him as a stopgap hire before a year or two from now, barring a miraculous season for Mississippi State, that they would probably be in the market for a new coach because it's always tough to replace a legendary coach. It's one thing, though, when like the coach loses. It's another thing when the coach, in just horrible fashion, literally dies. So that's a, a very tough situation there at Mississippi State. And now they'll start their their search for their next new head football coach. But to Jimbo Fisher, it wasn't a matter of if he should be the head coach at AM any longer. Like we all knew that ship did sail. We all knew that Jimbo Fisher was past his prime, far away from the days of winning a national championship at Florida State, outside of the COVID season, really did nothing at AM. And when you watched AM under Jimbo Fisher, I didn't see really any difference compared to the AM under Coach Sumlin, who they got rid of in order to bring in Jimbo Fisher. Now, the one thing I'll give credit to Jimbo 
is that the last two years, he has done a kick-ass job on the recruiting trail. In 2022, they were number one, and they were top 10 in 2021 in terms of recruiting. I think they were eighth. But when you have all that talent, and you have high expectations, and when people are talking about you as a dark horse to win the SEC or one of the more talented teams in the country, when there's maybe only two or three other rosters that you could argue you would want in the SEC, you can't afford to bottom out. And last year, they bottomed out. They went 5-7. and seven. So going into this year, just being above 500 wasn't going to be good enough. And we talk about records, and then we talk about sometimes records being misleading, where you could have a, a decent record, a solid record, But it's where your standards are and what are your expectations. And for Jimbo Fisher this year, at best, in the final two games of the season, he could be 8-4 and and then if they win a bowl game, 9-4. and So you could look at that record and go, oh, Zach, 9-4 and isn't terrible. But let's take a deep dive into that record. Big game week two. Miami. He got smacked in the second half. You played Alabama. Had Alabama on the ropes. Your coach got conservative. You lose to Tennessee, who isn't the same Tennessee as a year ago. And probably the final nail in the coffin here for Jimbo Fisher, or the thing that just reiterated that they have to get the boosters and the donors to pay the $70 million buyout, even though Ole Miss is having a really good season, it was another game that they lost. So it's like you have a coach that could get the talent in there, but what do you do with the talent? And another thing is, this is why I was not a Jimbo Fisher fan. It's also why when Dan Mullen was at Florida, I was not a fan of Dan Mullen. And it's why I'm not a fan of James Franklin at Penn State. I understand there is a recruiting brilliance to every time a coach is in front of a podium, every time a coach is holding a press conference. But when coaches lose and try to tell you it's not as bad as it seems or they almost act as if they win following a loss or make excuses and just say things that are nonsensical, it drives me crazy. Like when I talk to my doctor, and I have pretty good blood pressure, but Zach, what makes your blood pressure rise? It is when a coach says something that's extremely stupid following a loss. So in this case with Jimbo Fisher, this was actually following a win So it's pretty, it was only a 10 minute press conference. I watched the entire thing. So congratulations, coach. You beat a bad Mississippi State team 51 to 10. You're six and four. You're still underachieving this season. And this was Jimbo Fisher talking to the media after the game. And when I heard this, I said, hold on. I gotta, I gotta run that back. You know, Zach, maybe you're a little bit tired. Zach, maybe you had a long weekend. Don't you have a night like I heard this last night. Oh, Zach, maybe it was after the eight-hour marathon of Ion football. You maybe well you're a little you loopy. Did you have a cocktail after Ion football? Like, there's no way. For you? No, this coach actually said I mean, this. But this is what Jimbo time, Fisher like said, had to say. Three or four plays from playing in a playoff spot. But that, that's we got to put that past us and got to grow from it and learn from it for next year. But we got to finish out this oh year, right there. We're six and four. We need to be the best seven and four team in the country and the best eight and four team in the country. That's our goal, and it's what we can control right now. But now I don't dwell on those things right now. I live in the moment, and that's getting ready. And we got to be ready to play Abilene Christian next week. Down front, left, Mark. 
a few plays away from contending for the college football playoff? On what field? In what sport? What team are you watching? He got smacked by Miami in the second half. That's not a few plays. You lost to Alabama. You lost to Tennessee. You lost to Ole Miss. You want to tell me, okay, those games were close. A few plays go your way. Yeah, in each of those games. But overall, you guys have never looked like a threat. You guys have never been a force. You've never been a team outside of brand recognition and the talent that you have that anyone's shaking in your boots when they go up against you. Because everyone knows A&M is all sizzle under Jimbo Fisher. They're all hype. They're all talk. And outside of 2020, when you get on the damn field, this team isn't a juggernaut. This team isn't a force. This team doesn't spark fear in the actual big dogs in the SEC and in college football. So that's really, I had enough of Jimbo Fisher before them. I am not a fan of Jimbo Fisher. But to try to dress up your season following a win and trying to tell people, yeah, we were a few plays away from making the college football playoff. If you had two losses on the season, okay, I could see it. If you had one loss on the season and it just didn't play out in your favor, okay, I could see a coach. I could rock and roll with that coach. I, I think I'm a pretty understanding person. I think I like to listen to both sides, even if it goes against my beliefs. But when there's still two games left in the season, and even before you had three games left in the season, you're sitting there with four losses on your resume, and you lost to Ole Miss, who's in the top 10. You lost to Tennessee, who's in the top 25. You lost to Alabama, even when Alabama wasn't heading in the right direction. You got exposed up against Miami. You can't give me that bull junk, as Deion Sanders would say, about this team being a few plays away from the college football playoff. Yeah, maybe the college football playoff, if they expanded this baby next year to 12 teams when they do, but not in a four-team format. Maybe Jimbo jumbled that up. Maybe he didn't get the message. Maybe he didn't get the memo that only four teams make the college football playoff this year. Give me a break, Jimbo Fisher. And now he's out of a job. And I was reading today that the dream candidate for A&M and the guy that A&M wants is Dan Campbell, who attended A&M and played for A&M. Dan Campbell's not going to A&M. Go ask football coaches, would you rather be a college coach or an NFL coach? What's the easier lifestyle? It's the NFL. NFL, you actually get to leave the facility. NFL, you actually get to go home. NFL, you don't have to recruit. And then when you recruit players and then you give them some tough love, you don't have to fear that they're going to hit the transfer portal. And also, Dan Campbell, even though when he was hired and I heard his introductory press conference by the Detroit Lions, I was like, this guy sounds like a Big Ten coach. He sounds like a college coach. Even though I said that, the last few years, he has displayed he's an NFL coach. And not only an NFL coach, he is an elite NFL head coach right now. Look at what he's doing in a miserable, terrible, usually putrid football team in the Detroit Lions. He has grown them each year. And they took a big step last year towards the end of the season after a terrible start where it looked like it was trending where he would be begging to take a college job. And they finished strong, and this year, they are thriving. And they are one of the better teams in the NFC, and you could argue they're the second or third best team in the NFC. So you could want Dan Campbell as your next head coach if you're a and Like, I want to go on a date with Beyonce. It's not realistic. It's not happening. 
Don't sell yourself short. What do you mean? I hear Beyonce's kind of into tall <laughs> sports media personalities. She's married to Jay-Z. What do you have you that, think what she's have that go- you don't? Uh, Jay's a lot. Look at the dinero. Look at the looks as well. Come on. That's Hova. I mean, He's I got a certain make- swag to him. I'm just Zach Gelb, the yelling talk show host. Come I on. I making around the same amount of money as Jay-Z. I was once in the same room as Beyonce. <laughs> that, there it is. It was Coach Vermeil and I at a Super Bowl. <laughs> We were talking about his wine and football, and Beyonce walked right behind us. And J.J. Watt was actually off to the, the right corner. Beyonce goes to sit down, and let's just say her backside was facing us, and J.J. Watt turns to me, and he goes, we got the best view in the house. And J.J. Watt was 110% right. It was love at first sight. <laughs> it was. Beyonce was my childhood crush. So I, I'm not saying A&M shouldn't, you know, place a phone call to Dan Campbell. You know, if I had Beyonce's number, I shoot a text message. Hey, you up? You know what you doing? You know, you want to go on that date? But I'm not expecting a response or you're expecting the response of, yeah, lose my number. No, not interested. So when I thought of the A&M job, this is, you know, these are the five names, which the A&M job is a good job. You know, you got to go win, but you got a ton of resources. You could recruit. We know they love NIL and it even annoyed Nick Saban that he was getting beat out by Jimbo Fisher, and it led to that almost kerfuffle a few years back at the SEC media days. But the five names that I would consider in order, and five names that I would place a phone call to, you got to see if Dan Landing would say no at Oregon. I don't think he would leave, but Dan Landing has SEC roots. Kalen DeBoer at Washington, even with them going to the Big Ten. Mike Elko, who was your defensive coordinator. I don't think it hurts you to place a phone call to Coach Prime. And I've said this going back to last year, or even two years ago, I thought Coach Prime was deserving of a Power 5 job. He got a Power 5 job at Colorado, even though it's not a behemoth of a job. But could you imagine what Coach Prime could do in the recruiting world with the resources at AM? Now, I don't think he's going to leave his sons right now in Shador and Shiloh Sanders, but at least ask. And then finally, Lance Leipold. I know Lance Leipold, Coach Leipold has said, Kansas is the last job. He's not leaving Kansas. That's all fine to say. That's all nice to say. If this guy could win games at Kansas... And he could turn around Kansas quickly and bring Kansas to a level in the national cycle where people actually care about them and they're respectable. Imagine what he could do at AM. So those are five names that I did look at. Now, in the betting world, I did see the odds come out. Jeff Trailer um, is at plus 300. Mike Elko at plus 300. DeBoer plus 500. Dan Lanning at plus 600. Lance Leipold at plus 1,000. And here are some names down on the list, but intriguing names. James Franklin at plus 2,000. <laughs> if AM hires James Franklin, and I saw my buddy Matt Lombardo, who covers the NFL, who's like a Penn State sycophant, he was like, oh, Penn, uh, Penn State fan base doesn't appreciate James Franklin. Maybe he should show them, like, you know, how he how actually would get appreciated. Goes to AM. If he goes to AM, you're basically hiring Jimbo Fisher without the national championship because James Franklin can't win a big game to save his life. Lane Kiffin. Depending on what you want to believe, I think he wanted the Auburn job last year. Auburn didn't want him at plus 2,500. Would he jump Ole Miss to go to AM? I don't think Mike Norvell's leaving at plus 3,000 with the job that he's done at Florida State. And Dion, Coach Prime, was at plus 5,000. But here's the big name at plus 5,000, Urban Meyer. Now, Urban Meyer comes with a lot of baggage. Urban Meyer could be a pain in the ass. The moment things don't trend the right way for Urban Meyer, Right, He's on the sideline falling down and and basically looking like he's going to need to take a leave from the team. 
But we know Urban Meyer can win. Urban Meyer has won everywhere he has gone in the college world. The NFL world, he was a disaster. One of the worst NFL head coaches we've ever seen. And I think Urban Meyer, even though he says he doesn't, and he leaks out that he doesn't, I don't think he could say no if the right job came calling and you could win at A&M. You could easily win at A&M if you are Urban Meyer. But I don't know if Urban Meyer's style flies anymore in the year of 2023. So there are some names right there that have been thrown around in the betting world and names that I've thrown around as well. It is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break. We got a few questions. We got a few answers. We'll do onside, offside next. We do that segment every Monday and Friday right here on the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. Standing by first, though, with the latest CBS Sports Radio update, here he is, the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's time to ask the pros where you, the listener, gets to ask us a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply tweet your question at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb, Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B, using the hashtag Ask the Pros. Be listening later in the show when we might answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Onside, offside time. Let's go. Zach's taking on the most polarizing issues in sports. Which side of the line of scrimmage will he end up on? Offside. Defense number 69. It's Onsides, Offsides with Zach Gelb on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Zach. Well, in the Steelers, they escaped Green Bay with a controversial win over the Packers. In the second quarter, Kenny Pickett through what appeared to be a backwards pass that was dropped and picked up by the Packers. However, the refs called it an incomplete pass. Even after replay, despite disagreements with Gene Steratore and Charles Davis in the CBS broadcast booth. Sometimes these are really difficult in that stands world because of that angle. And when you're looking at it, to me, it was just not enough to overturn one way or the other, guys. I know it. Uh, you may disagree with me, Charles. I disagree, little, Gene. But I just felt like it was a tough one. <laughs> Gene, yep. Gene, I think if the official on the side moves himself in position, he sees clearly that that's a lateral, and that should have been Green Bay's football. 
So onside, offside, the play should have been ruled a fumble. I, I'm actually going to agree here with Gene Steratour. I, I thought it was very close. Um, I thought it could have go uh, could have gone either way. And even though I can't stand those TV refs, I, I will agree with Gene and give Gene uh, the benefit of the doubt on this. So I'm going to agree with Gene's territory there. And I'll go offside. Offside. Now, in the Lions' last second win over the Chargers, Dan Campbell took a huge risk late in the game. Yeah. Going forward on fourth and two with a minute 38 to play rather than kicking the go-ahead field goal. Now, the Lions end up converting on fourth down and end up kicking the game-winning field goal as time expired, so it worked out in his favor. However, onside offsides, it was the right call to go for it on fourth down in that situation. I think so. Um, Dan Campbell has the aggressive approach, and he has this aggressive mentality. Now, sometimes, just because you're aggressive, it could also be a stupid decision, but so far, that guy has understood his team and the decisions that he has made has pretty much have gone to a T in the way that they've expected to. Uh, so, yeah, you could say it's a huge risk going for it in fourth and two with a minute 38 left rather than kicking the go-ahead field goal. Um, but if you don't do that and then the other team gets the ball back and they go march down the field and get a field goal, you go into overtime. So I'm okay with playing to really bleed out the clock there. So I thought that was the right call on fourth down on sides. Now, Will Levis, we've talked about a lot. He looks sharp for the Titans in his first start with four touchdown passes, but has two picks and hasn't thrown a touchdown in his last two games, both losses, including yesterday's mm-hmm. bad loss uh, for the Titans. So onside, offside, Levis's first game was more of a fluke, and he's not a starting caliber quarterback. I think this is an easy offside, and the reason why is we live in a world, especially when it comes to football, where we react to everything, and one game determines the bigger picture. Oh, this guy's the GOAT. Oh, this guy stinks. Oh, this guy could be the guy. He is him. He is not him with all these uh, sayings and everything. The guy is not going to be perfect. There's a reason why he fell to the second round. The first two games of the season for him, the first game he thrived, the second game he was solid, and also this Tennessee team is not great. So there's going to be some ups and downs, but at the end of the season, it's how do you view him? How do you walk away from that conversation? And I don't think this will go that south for Levis individually, where you're not at least bare minimum intrigued to see what he could do from start to finish when you give him the full season. So when you say Levis' first game was a fluke and he's not a starting caliber QB, that's offside. It's just the natural ups and downs. Now you vacillate from good to bad, good to bad. Eventually, you got to get it consistently good when you are a young quarterback. And here's a big hot take and a take you don't need a PhD in football for. People are human. People make mistakes. You don't automatically walk onto the scene and become this rock star and never have a moment where you stumble. So I go offside. Offside. Now, my former team, the Jets, lost again to hmm. Stu's Raiders and have just three offensive touchdowns in their last five games with Zach Wilson throwing just one touchdown pass in that span, which is insane. Robert Sala is now 15-28 and 28 in three seasons as the Jets head coach. So onside offsides, the Jets should fire Sala after this season. I say onsides, and here's why. That team, it's one thing to lose to Stu's Raiders, but... It's another thing to get out coached by an interim head coach who's in his second game as the interim head coach. And not only that, have sloppy 
undisciplined play and a ton of penalties over and over and over again. And Salah, I don't know if he's afraid of Joe Douglas, if he's not allowed to make the decision, but it's almost like he doesn't have cojones to sit down Zach Wilson. I know he did that last year, but you had an alternative of Mike White. Like, you look around the league, there's a lot of bad quarterbacks being given opportunities, and they're at least playing somewhat competent football. And Zach Wilson wasn't even the biggest problem last night, but with the game on the line, he threw a terrible interception. The Jets next year could be a contender with the healthy Aaron Rodgers, and you can't leave any stone unturned because you're going to basically have one year to go win it. This is not going to... I don't know if Rodgers is going to play an extra year after that, where when Rodgers first got there, it was like, okay, you're going to at least have him for two years. So I have questions about the coach, and I don't know if the coach could be a good coach So I would probably set the restart button at the head coaching position and go get an established coach after this season. So you asked me the Jets should fire Salah after this year. I would say onside there. Now, Kyler Murray returned from injury, throwing for 249 yards and rushing for a touchdown, leading the Cardinals on a game-winning drive in the fourth. So onside, offside, the Cardinals can build a title contender around Kyler Murray. Moist Micah, I love you. I do. I love the question here. The team wins one game after we just trashed them for like the first six, seven, eight weeks of the season. They win one game, and now it's, oh, Kyler Murray, who we all left for dead, and we all left for him getting traded this offseason. Now the question is, can they build a title contender around Kyler Murray? I'm not saying this team to win a title. I'm just saying, I'm not saying Kyler right Murray now. A, a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? No. I think he's a good quarterback. I question the work ethic. He could put on electrifying plays like yesterday. He could look competent like yesterday. He's a good quarterback. A really good quarterback. But I don't think he's a great quarterback. So he may be the quarterback next year for the Cardinals because he'll win some games and maybe they'll move down the draft board. But I don't think that's a guy that I look at, especially with how he handled the poor performance in the playoffs a few years ago and say, that's a guy I'm winning a Super Bowl with. So I'll go offside. Offside. We'll go through this one real quick. You mentioned before that Mississippi State fired Zach Arnett after just over a year under the helm. He won a bowl game last year in replacing uh, Mike Leach, but he's been 4-6 and six this year. So onside, offside, Mississippi State is a top 25 college football program for a coach. I think it's close, but I'm going to go offside. It does not sit well with me after the standards uh, of, of these circumstances here. Like Mike Leach, horrible story, passes away. You you go to a guy on his staff and Zach Arnett to be the head coach. And after one year, you pull the plug on Zach Arnett. Like they weren't that bad where you don't, with the young coach, give him another season, especially under those circumstances. It shows you that they did not believe in Arnett, but they're in a really tough conference. We know the, the best conference in college football in the SEC. They're a good job, but I don't think that's an elite job uh, where you're consistently a top 25 college football program with the way that it's viewed. So I will go offside on that one. Offside. And we'll do this one really quickly as well. Dion and Colorado lost again. They've dropped to four and six after starting three and zero. Now after the loss, Winston Watkins, the uh, cousin of Sammy Watkins, and a top 100 player from the 2025 class, announced he was decommitting from Colorado. And the Colorado Buffaloes have just the 63rd best class for 2024. So recruiting-wise, we're not seeing the results and the returns that Dion keeps promising. Onside, offside, despite the hype, Dion will not be able to build a true contender in Boulder. A contender to do what? Because they're moving to the Big 12. To win the Big 12. 
Oh, I, to I, win the Big 12 and make a run in the playoffs. Maybe not win a title, but to, you know, in a 12-team expand the playoff, do something. Okay, that's two different things. Do I think he could win the Big 12 through time? Yes. Do Will he be at Colorado for three, four, five seasons? I probably don't feel that way. Um, but I don't think just by winning the Big 12, because we saw Oklahoma dominate the Big 12 with these great Heisman Trophy winners, and they couldn't do squat in the playoffs. So I will lean more offside if it's to make a little bit of a run eventually in a 12-team college football playoff, uh, which does start next year. So I would go offside. Uh, or, or, me, despite the hype, DM won't be able to build a true title contender in Boulder. I'll actually go onside. I agree with that statement. All righty, Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. Coming on back, talking a little Bill Belichick. Should he stay or should he go? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 